Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome to City Church U's Knowing God Guided Reading Podcast. We hope you will join us this holiday season as we read J.I. Packer's modern classic, Knowing God. All right, guys, welcome back to the podcast. We are officially in chapter 10, where we're talking about God's wisdom and ours. Just to kind of open up this conversation, we just just got done talking uh, before about wisdom, but now we're going from God only wise to distinguishing between God's wisdom and ours. Let's just kind of start. Why is this important? Why slow down and think about the difference between our wisdom and God's? I think it's really because ours can't be the same as God's. Because if our wisdom was the same as God's wisdom, then that would make us God, which isn't the case. And so we have to make a distinguishing point between what what can we actually know as wisdom versus what can God know as wisdom. Sure, yeah. And something that Packer has touched on is that... Um, we should have higher views of God than we do, and we should have, I don't want to say lesser views, but not mm-hmm. as high a view of ourselves as we do. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just kind of like the nature of humans. And so I think it's really important to recognize like the difference that there's just like even just the capability of God's wisdom versus us like reaching some level of wisdom. It's just will never be comparable. Yeah, and he, he mentions again in this chapter the incommunicable, incommunicable, hard word, <laughs> it's a tough one. Uh, incommunicable ways that, <laughs> that, that, and then also the ways in which we are like God, the communicable. Did I say that right? You yeah. got it. Nailed yeah, it. Yeah, you got it. Hard word for me right now. <laughs> um, and I think like with, with that, like on a serious note, you know, we are made in God's image and there's these, these shared attributes that we have with God, but then there's certain things that um you know are unique to god and then there's things that we maybe share with god but we need to understand the significance between how the the chasm between how great god is like you said and and how finite we are and it produces humility it produces an awe for the lord um in this conversation about wisdom where you know god is wisdom and at the same time like we have access to wisdom we can have wisdom in our life What's the significance of us being made in God's wisdom? Well, Packer says on page 100 that as God is wise in himself, so he imparts wisdom to his creatures. So that is something that we are Hmm. able to um, experience. um, And it's something that we can improve over time. Like we can set goals uh, and, and God, you know, says to come to him in prayer and he will grant wisdom Mm -hmm. um and so i think that that's important to start yeah i don't have much more yeah and just you know our dependence upon the lord Mm -hmm. you know for to know how to see life and how to see his word and how to see you know what it looks like for us to be obedient and faithful in certain situations and something that he put in here i thought was really good he talked about um, on page 100 he says the moral qualities which belong to the divine image were lost at the fall 
And then he goes on to say, this is what scripture means when it says that Christians are being renewed in the image of Christ and of God, that there's a significance to that um, in Christ and through the, the work of the Holy Spirit in our life, that we are being renewed and remade to what God originally designed us to be, you know, made in his image. And wisdom is a big part of that. And a lot of times with college students, you know, when we're, when we're talking about um, young believers in particular, they really do want to know, how should I see life? How do I handle this situation faithful? How do I understand the scripture correctly? They, there's a lot of conversations in college ministry around wisdom. It's something he says, he, he quotes James, and he says, if anyone lacks wisdom, he should ask God, and it will be given to him. Mm-hmm. Um, what does that look like for somebody who is, for lack of a better phrase, sold on the idea of wisdom? <laughs> Thinks, <laughs> you know, it'd be good to have some wisdom in my life. <laughs> like, what does it look like for them to go on to pursue that in the Lord? Yeah, I mean, pursuing wisdom, it is kind of a strange thing to try to break down. Like, as we talk through it, I wonder what other conversations have been had on this topic. Like just, we're just hanging out trying to figure out how to be wise. Like it is kind of, there's a little bit of like vagueness to it, but I, I mean, in my opinion, it's looking to God, it's like reaching out and, and making that ask, like as we're told Mm -hmm. in scriptures, as you just quoted. And because we have to recognize like, we cannot become wise on our own or mm-hmm. through any sort of like worldly gaining of knowledge or accomplishments or mm-hmm. degrees, um, anything like that. It's just, I, I, I really do truly feel that it's relying solely on God for the wisdom that we seek instead yeah. of like in some sort of internal, like I'll have some awakening on, on my own of my own accord that could account for any like, you know, steps toward mm. greater wisdom, which yeah. is not possible. And like, there's a wisdom that's only God's. Like there's a wisdom in the world, which any fool, as the Bible would say, can have. So, you know, you go through life and you just become wise about the world because you understand mm. like how it works and how people are wired. Um, but then there is the uh, there is a biblical wisdom, a wisdom to know and know how to do good mm-hmm. um, and how to live faithfully. Um, and just like it honestly begins, like James says, it begins with asking. Um, it really does. It begins with asking the Lord for it um, and then, you know, seeking to talk to older people in your life, Christians um, that have Christian wisdom, Um and really just practical things, um, but it, it really does start with prayer, no matter how unconcrete it may feel, mm-hmm. um, because that's what the Bible tells us to do if, if we want wisdom. Yeah, I think that's the most significant piece of that verse, is just saying that he should ask God that, um, you know, it reminds me of the great thought leader, Eric Church, and he's got that <laughs> song, uh, Some of It, you know, the one where he's like, some of it you learn from heartache, most yeah. of it comes from pain. I think like most people agree that you learn wisdom over time just through experience and conversations, books you read, um, shows you, you know, things that you learn from, you know, people who mentor you in your life. But for the Christian, we're engaging in all of that, but underneath the banner of God's authority and looking through the lens. So we're looking at all these life experiences that other people feel like they're gaining from wisdom. Um, but we're looking at them through a different lens. Like we, we mm-hmm. see things at, Christianly. And 
Um, I think that that's the important piece too for Christian to understand that like all wisdom belongs to the Lord and in order for us to be truly wise, we have to see things through his lens of life. And um, just, I remember when I was at Florida State, the religion building had something about like over the top of the door, something along the lines of, you know, the half of knowing knowledge is knowing where The half of knowledge is is knowing knowing where where it's from. Yeah, I think with wisdom, it's like the all of wisdom is knowing where it's from. And I think that's kind of what James is getting at, is if you lack wisdom, he's not saying that it's wrong to read read a book or to talk to a mentor, but is knowing that all that wisdom comes from the Lord, and we should we should pray and seek wisdom through Him. Yeah. Another thing I think is important here, um, he has a he has a section in here that I'm really glad he included called "What Wisdom Is Not," and this is something yeah. that I've encountered a lot working with college students, where he says this, he, he's saying this is not what wisdom is. Wisdom is not consist, uh, you know, on deep and insight into the providential meaning and purpose of events going on around us, the ability to see why God has done what he has done in a particular case and what he's going to do next. This is kind of that Gnostic view of wisdom that says, I want to understand why my father passed away, or I want to understand why this tragedy happened. And I want to see all of the, Mm -hmm. the interwoven webs of how all these things are connected, the positive things. And it's almost this idea of like God granting us wisdom of like a a behind the scenes understanding of how how and why the whole plan of his plan is unraveling and i like that packard used the illustration in the book yep. of you know a, a conductor with trains and trying to understand how all the tracks work and that's not what wisdom is but for whatever reason we're really dr- drawn to that like we mm-hmm. always we're a lot more concerned with that why do you guys feel like we as i guess humans and also christians oftentimes um we're drawn to that kind of Gnostic idea of wisdom. Yeah, I think you're very right in saying that it's a Gnostic form of wisdom. And for anyone who's unfamiliar with the Gnostic heresy, it was an early church heresy um, that essentially said that there was this secret knowledge that Mm -hmm. Jesus gave um, to his apostles that would allow you to gain salvation. So there's a salvation in this secret knowledge. Mm -hmm. Um, all of the followers of the apostles, their direct disciples are like, oh, well, they didn't tell us anything. <laughs> um, but you are I think you're so right. It is this, like, I kind of want to know everything. And I think it, it really comes from a stance of, like, wanting to be so independent of God. Mm-hmm. We may say that, like, oh, I, like, I want God to reveal it to me, but I think really we have this tendency in us to want to be our own gods, mm. want to be independent, want to know everything, understand the reason for everything, know how to do everything correctly. But, like, that is just not, you know, we wouldn't have to trust the Lord if that was the case, and that is just not the position that we're in as Christians. Like, our position is fear God and trust Him. Mm. Um, I, yeah, I think you're very right to say it's a Gnostic view of wisdom. Yeah, and and along that line, Hank, I was thinking of like, you know, the super sin of pride like kind of leads us there Mm -hmm. that we like do want to be more like God and have more understanding of all the workings of Mm. his world, Um, but he is the creator of the world and we are not. Um, And I I think like maybe another error um, for people is that I think sometimes we think we'll like, we'll be closer to God or something like, Mm -hmm. and I don't know, it can, it's just kind of a warped sense of like, well, if I'm doing better, like 
as a Christian and I'm, I'm like really growing spiritually, like, won't I know more about yeah. what God is doing? Yeah, yeah. Like, won't he reveal to me more of the whys and the hows? And, and I, and I just think that there, there's an error on both sides mm-hmm. there, a major error. Yeah. That, I think that's, both of those points are, are spot on. And, you know, to use this illustration about, you know, God doesn't take us up in the control tower of, of mm-hmm. trains and show us how all these different tracks are moving and working. He, to use what, what Packer says on page 103, he says, you know, he goes to, to take that illustration further. It's like being taught to drive, like it's being mm-hmm. taught to drive the train. And on page 107, I underlined this, I thought was good. He says, um, Leave to God its issues. Let him measure its ultimate worth. Your part is to use all the good sense and enterprise at your command in exploiting the opportunities that lie before you. I think that um, with college students and even with adults, you know, who are well removed from college, it's a lot easier to think and to talk about a more kind of big picture wisdom that doesn't demand so much of what is right in front of us. And sometimes a little harder just to say, you know, I don't know why God would allow this thing to happen to my mm-hmm. brother, my sister, my friend. But what I'm trying to do is ask this question, what do I do right in front of me with what I have? That's what wisdom is equipping us to do, you yeah. know, not to answer every question to use here. So I right. thought that was really, really good. Um, my, my next question kind of, I think just, just looking at this, another thing that he that he says is, um, you know, he uses a phrase on page 106 that I, I circled it. He says, wounded prize. And we were talking about understanding that chasm between God who is all-knowing, he's all-powerful, he's infinite in his wisdom. And then on the back end of that, um, how finite we are and how we don't know everything. And we're not just because we start following Christ doesn't mean we're going to understand everything. There's a wounded pride, to use this phrase. And he says, behind this morbid and deadening condition often lies the wounded pride of one who thought he knew all about the ways of God and providence and then was made to learn by bitter, bewildering experience that he didn't. In your way, have you, in your life, have you experienced this wounded pride as you've began to just follow Jesus and experience life? Yeah, when I was a um, senior in high school, or no, I was a junior in high school, things were just going really well for me, and I thought that, you know, it's the spring, I'm playing, uh, first year of varsity lacrosse, I mean, like, everything's going well for me, I feel like I'm growing in the Lord more, I'm doing well in school, Um, and then towards the end of the year, I got this, like, really bad concussion, and I was, like, on a laying on a couch in a dark room for about a month, um, had to get CT scan, everything. And I just was so absolutely confused as to why God would do that. Um, and I genuinely now do think it was simply just to humble me, to get me to trust him more. I cannot figure out anything past that, but I remember being so defeated because I could not understand like why God would do this to me. And I felt like I needed to know to be able to make sense of it. Um, but I just really couldn't. And I, you know, to this day, so don't really know the full uh, reason for why God did that. But that was yeah. a huge moment early on in my faith where I was just like stuck in my tracks. Like, why would God do something like this to me? You know, mm-hmm. so. And in those moments of when we are greatly distraught um, and confused, I, it's, you know, I think it's very natural to um, have some initial responses 
that aren't necessarily godly. Um, but I think God uses, like there's something beautiful about the way he uses mm-hmm. um, certain circumstances in our lives to humble us, like kind of in a way having to knock us down in order to build us back up in Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I heard an illustration about a seminary professor who had his students come into a room at the beginning of you know, the class, and he said, you know, if this whiteboard was all the wisdom, all the knowledge that God has, make a, you know, how, how much do you feel like he's given us? And people would make like a really small little circle. And he said, by the end of the class, people would like not even feel okay making a dot. And it's kind of like the more, you know, the more, you know, you don't know. I think in Christian life, I think that, you know, as we grow in our faithfulness and we grow in Christian maturity and we grow in understanding a lot of things through his word, we realize that we can know what God has revealed to us and we can know how to live through what he's revealed to us. But his plan, his infinite plan, his infinite wisdom that we're not going to be able to get these answers. And as Christians, we start looking more for instead of always trying to understand God, why would you, why would you let this person die? You know, Mm -hmm. you start asking yourself, God, how, how can, how can I find my peace in you? How can I help those who have been, you know, how can I move forward right now? I think those are, that's what real Christian maturity looks like is not necessarily understanding why everything's happening around you, but actually understanding how we are called to live, despite the fact that we don't understand all of that. My, my, my last one on page 108, we all talked about how much we like this passage. He says, thus the effect of his gift of wisdom, um, which is not that kind of Gnostic understanding every, you know, secret kind of mm-hmm. national treasure style Christianity. <laughs> we know all these hidden secrets of the world. Um, thus, the effect of the gift of wisdom is to make us more humble, more joyful, more godly, more quick-sighted as to his will, more resolute in doing of it, and less troubled, not less sensitive, but less bewildered than we were in the dark and painful things of our life in this fallen world is full. So I really like that that kind of paragraph because we talked about humility and there is a humility that comes, but there's also a joy. There's Mm -hmm. also a godliness. There's also, you know, a desire to do his will that comes with that. How do you guys feel like in your life growing in wisdom has helped you in those, those various areas? I, I feel like it's can be kind of like laying yourself down Mm -hmm. and I mean, we kind of use this visual, like sometimes like, laying our lives down at the foot of the cross that we get to a point where we do recognize, um, our limits mm-hmm. and as God's, as believers, as God's children, um, that there are certain things that we're called to. And I, I think like just as those, as he works through us and in our lives, like we, um, can just kind of come to a place where we're content in, knowing that like we we won't acquire Mm -hmm. all of the wisdom we won't know everything like a couple pages back packer was just talking about how um god keeps most of everything from us Mm -hmm. you know and it's like we for for all that god knows like we know very very little but just to kind of like put us in our place but ultimately to rest in the peace of him working in our lives and through our lives as faithful servants to him. Mm. I just think like there, you do, you do get to a point where, um, in your walk 
that you you see what is futile and what is fruitful mm-hmm. and we're obedient to that path of faithfulness yeah and i just really like how like it talks a lot about the book of ecclesiastes but really how it just kind of sums it up for us in a way that like makes life seem a lot simpler just fear god keep his commandments trust him obey him have reverence in him and i think we can find so much joy in the fact that like there's no one else we're seeking to please in this life except for god and so how do we be wise you know we live life and we make decisions for the glory of God in every way that we think we're capable of. Um, and that brings like joy to the regular everyday life. And uh, on page 107, it says, seek grace to work hard at whatever life calls you to do and enjoy your work as you do it. Like the most regular things we can have wisdom in and just have mm-hmm. a joy in our life that people that aren't Christians just really can't like the Mm -hmm. world can't touch that joy Mm -hmm. and it's even like a feeling that i've struggled to explain to people in words but like after you are saved and your life changes and Mm -hmm. like your heart is transformed and Mm -hmm. you put off the old self it's like there are just certain things and i think that joy is one of them that um we even struggle to make known to to non-believers because it seems very abstract it doesn't quite make sense not like in line with with the worldly way which is kind of opposite of what you were just talking about how we're actually called to live Mm -hmm. and and just to kind of full circle to what we were talking about earlier the fact that there is such a great chasm between god and us and that we are so small in comparison to him, it's actually a really good thing. Yep. Like there's just so much joy and peace that just comes from that great God who does know all of this and understands all this, loves us and cares for us, and that we're resting in him. So hope that that chapter was helpful for you. Enjoyed it a lot. We'll be with you soon with chapter 11. 